Good morning. Thank you, Dr. Moreno Riano. Let's, uh, before I begin, let's, let's pray. Dear Father, we come to you this morning in gratitude and praise. We thank you for working in our lives and in our community to draw us closer to Christ. May we reflect him in all we think, say, and do. Father, this morning I ask for clarity of speech, for ears ready to listen. I reflect this morning on the words of Psalm 1914. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Uh, one of the hats that I wear at uh, Cornerstone is the director of the Lagos Center. Uh, the Lagos Center exists to strengthen the mission of Cornerstone University by supporting those areas that relate to our foundation as a Christ-centered liberal arts institution. Uh, the Lagos Center supports faculty, staff, students, and the greater community in this endeavor. Um, the Lagos Center is a campus hub for the CU community to develop in their vocational journeys through promoting intellectual and professional development conversations. And one of the ways we're doing that this semester is partnering with the folks from Miller Library uh, to promote the Campus Reads program. Uh, for those that are new to this community, Campus Reads is a program where we adopt a book to read together and then have time set aside to discuss the themes and concepts included in the book. Uh, last year, the Campus Reads book was Glittering Vices by Rebecca DeYoung. And this year, we have the opportunity to read the book Visions of Vocation, Common Grace for the Common Good by Stephen Garber. Uh, this morning, I'm going to talk about a topic that is familiar to many of us uh, at Cornerstone, and that's vocation. Uh, the title of my talk this morning is The Language of Vocation. Uh, this focus on the theme of vocation is one which we as a Cornerstone community have explored uh, in programs through the Career and Life Calling Office, uh, through courses in the core curriculum, and in many other areas of our academic programming. And in this book we're going to read, Stephen Garber also speaks into this topic. Uh, Cornerstone University has defined vocation the following way. Uh, vocation is faithful stewardship of a person's God-given talents and opportunities to serve society throughout his or her professional, personal, and civic life. We see that vocation is more than just a synonym for job or career path, but that vocation is God calling us to be faithful in all areas of our life as students, as professors, as parents, as sons and daughters, as citizens, and much more. Our understanding of vocation today comes from the outworking of the Reformation that shifted the idea that calling was only pertaining uh, to a call to do ministerial work. It's also important to understand that uh, it's also more than just a theology of work. Vocation relates to considering the providence of God how he governs and cares for his creation um, by working through humans. A vocation shows us as Christians how to live out our faith, not just in the workplace, but in our families, our churches, and in our communities. 
Vocation is where faith bears fruit in love, and so it grows out of the gospel in the work of the Holy Spirit. The word vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, which means to call, to name, to invoke. And embedded in this meaning of the word is the importance of language and vocation. God calls us and addresses us personally with the language of his word, and we are brought to faith in Christ. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. He also calls us to places of service and ministry. 1 Corinthians 7, 17 says, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. Therefore, the Lord assigns us a life and calls us to that life. I'd like to discuss this morning how an understanding of language can teach us how we can grow and develop in the area of vocation. Uh, I'm a linguist, which uh, means someone who studies language and how, uh, studies words and how language works. Uh, so language is a thing, an entity like English and Spanish, Japanese, Amharic. Uh, language is also a process of communicating and involves many things to be successful. Uh, those that have taken my introduction to linguistics classes can tell you in detail the intricate mechanisms of language. Uh, but I'll simplify it this morning to focus on three aspects of the language and communication process. Uh, the speaker, the hearer, and the message. For example, as we use language, we have a speaker who communicates and sends a message for someone who listens to that message, the hearer. We also have the message itself, what is being communicated by the speaker and how the hearer interprets and understands it. So let's look at each of these points and how we can better understand how we grow and develop in our vocational journey. Uh, the first point is that in the language and communication process, there is a speaker, one who produces a message. And I use the term speaker here, but think of it as one who produces a message which could be spoken, written, or signed. Um, so what's important about this aspect? Well, we should be aware of who we are listening to. We're often influenced, as we've been thinking about this year, by all sorts of voices in our life, our peers, social media influencers, wider popular culture. What should we consider, though, about those that are speaking to us? What is their authority, their trustworthiness, their expertise relating to this particular topic? They're all important. So we need to consider who, who is speaking to us? Who is this person? What do they have to say? We also, as Christians, want to consider their alignment with Scripture. Are what they're saying is, is true? Are they reflecting the fruits of the Spirit? That's, that is attributes that we see in uh, Galatians 5, 22 to 23. So what is the speaker saying, but also does it, how they say it? Does it show love, done in kindness, promotes peace and goodness? So in relation to our understanding of vocation, we need to consider all these things. The second point in the language and communication process is that there is a hearer, one who listens and responds to a message. And it's important for us to understand what it means to hear and listen. In this process of learning and growth in the area of vocation, we hear many voices around us. 
Are we going to listen to those who help us develop in our life and vocation? It's important to listen and discern. The word discern and related words are translations of the Greek word anakrino in the New Testament. It means to distinguish, to separate out by diligent search, to examine. So discernment is the ability to properly discriminate, to make determinations, and it's related to wisdom. A discerning mind demonstrates wisdom and insight, and a discerning person will acknowledge the worth of God's word. The third point in the language and communication process is that there is a message, something that is shared, that has meaning. Communicating through sounds, alphabet, signs, it's more than just noise. These symbols are representing something meaningful. As we listen and discern, the message shared is important. As it relates to your vocational journey, I encourage you to listen well, to think deeply, discern how God is leading you. As, as I mentioned before, our vocation uh, relates to more than just job preparation. And, and so as we think again about the cornerstone working definition of vocation as faithful stewardship of a person's God-given talents and opportunities to serve society through, throughout his or her professional, personal, or civic life. Listen to what God is saying through Scripture. Understand what this means for life as students, as sons and daughters, as parents and grandparents. How do we use our God-given talents and opportunities to serve our families at home, um, such as how moms and dads care for children, um, all the way to later in life decisions relating to caring of aging parents. How do we use these talents and opportunities at our work and in ministry as we serve our neighbors and our communities? So what are some examples that we can consider? So first of all, there are several passages in the Bible that describe what we as believers are called to do as we follow Christ. For example, Jesus called his first disciples with the words, follow me. Matthew 4.19 says that Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So it's clear that Christ is calling us as his believers and disciples to follow him. Jesus further calls his disciples to love God and love others. Mark 12, 30 to 31 says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So when we think about vocation, as being a faithful steward by serving others. Verses like these show us what this looks like. We are called to follow Christ, to love him, to love others. Uh, John 13, 35 clearly states this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We're called to follow. We're called to love and, and we, as we've seen, Scripture has numerous examples of this. Another example for us to consider is the power of friendships and the role that intentional community plays in our vocational development and journey. A great example of this is the group that called itself the Inklings, a group of scholars and writers who met together on a regular basis to give insight and feedback on work and suggestion for projects and ideas they're working on. Uh, many members of the Inklings are familiar to us, like C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. 
C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Four Loves, wrote the following about friendships. And he says, in friendship, we think we have chosen our peers. In reality, a few years difference in the dates of our birth, a few more miles between certain houses, the choice of one university instead of another, the accent of a topic being raised or not raised at a first meeting, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are, strictly speaking, no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work, Christ, who said to the disciples, "'He have not chosen me, but I have chosen you,' can truly say to every group of Christian friends, "'You've not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another.'" The friendship is not a reward for our discriminating and good taste and finding one another out, is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of others. God uses these friendships, these relationships to help us grow and develop in our vocational journey. Friends like these are precious and it's beneficial for us to listen to wise counsel from Godly friends like these. Who are your mentors and friends that God has placed in your life? Also, are you a friend or a mentor to someone else? What can you do to help others in their life path? Pray for and with each other. I personally am grateful for key voices and people that God has placed in my life. I'm I'm grateful for access to scripture in my heart language to be able to read and meditate on God's word. Don't take that for granted. Um, and I urge you to spend time daily in scripture and listen to God's message. I'm also thankful for my parents as I grew up as a, as a child. Um, I still treasure my Sunday afternoon walks with my father. This is a picture of me and my dad uh, going to the first day of school, kindergarten. I, I've not stopped going to school ever since. But, um, but I, I treasure these Sunday afternoon walks with my father, now slower and shorter, but still filled with conversation. And uh, I often still seek advice from him. Um, I, what my relationship with my wife, Monica, is invaluable, and she is my, my confidant, best friend, and soulmate. And we also take long walks together, which allows us to talk and listen to each other. I'm also grateful for my circle of friends and colleagues here at Cornerstone. I truly value their camaraderie and insight, and I often look forward to those times of sharing ideas over coffee or, or in the cafeteria. In our vocational journey, let us be ready to humbly listen to wise voices in our life to guide and direct us. And may we also be ready to encourage and help those in our circles as well. Be willing to invest in others, to be someone who listens and is willing to speak truth and love. So this brings us again to Stephen Garber's book, Visions of Vocation. Um, Garber helps us to think deeply about these things. Um, the subtitle to the book kind of gets at his main idea, and it's, we are called to be common grace for the common good, that vocation is integral and not incidental to God's mission. Garber states that faith influences vocation, which influences culture. He paraphrases Jeremiah, who is a messenger to the people of God in a very difficult time. Jeremiah 29.7 calls him to seek the peace and prosperity of the city. If it prospers, 
you too will prosper. And Garber paraphrased this as, when it flourishes, then you will flourish. Garber also spends time in the book talking about the importance of knowing. This relates to what I was referring to before about listening and discernment. It's, it's more than just head knowledge, but it relates to the ideas of intimacy and how knowing relates to action. He stresses that this process of knowing is covenantal and relational. We're part of community. And not only do, the, do we work to help those around us to flourish, but we ourselves are blessed in the process. Garber appeals to the agrarian poet Wendell Berry, which is a familiar author and philosopher to many of us here at Cornerstone. Uh, Garber appeals to the work, that, uh, to the work of Berry, uh, particularly the novels that he has, to help us understand the importance of community and its relation to vocation. And, and Garber explains it this way. He says, one of the reasons why I've chosen to live within the literary vision of Wendell Berry is that he writes about this kind of common life. In every course I teach, I require my students to read him and learn. Looking over his shoulder and through his heart as he unfolds a vision of vocation that is formed by the truest truths of the universe. And yet, in language, the whole world can understand. Um, Garber explains Barry's illustrations of love in and through relationships and how often they're messy and imperfect. And so Garber continues to say, to do that with honesty and integrity is the most difficult task in the world. But there are people who make that choice, not out of grandeur or great ambition, but in the spirit of Barry's vision, that is, in the relationships and responsibilities of common life, they see themselves as implicated in the way the world is and ought to be. They see themselves as having vocations that call them into life, into the world, into a way of knowing that implicates them for love's sake. So as we consider vocation, we understand what we need to do to develop and how that relates to us and our communities. Let us listen and be wise and discerning let us pray diligently for wisdom and seek counsel of others in our faith communities. Let us seek the message and feed on Scripture. Let us read deeply, memorize Scripture, study it in our church communities, in our classes. Let us be filled with the Holy Spirit and bless our communities with love and peace and gentleness and joy. So again, vocation isn't just career preparation, but the process of listening, discerning, knowing, and understanding with wisdom will lead us to live into our communities and seek the flourishing of not only ourselves, but of those around us. So we would like to invite you to join us this semester in the Campus Reads program. The library has uh, copies of Garber's book available for free at the circulation desk. Uh, feel free to go and pick up a copy uh, we're also going to have a few opportunities for you to join the discussion. We'll have three times, uh, join one or all. All students, faculty, and staff are welcome to join in. Uh, two will be in person, and one will be offered online via MS Teams. So we have Wednesday, March 29th and April 12th, 2 to 3 in the Logos Center room in Miller Library, the first floor there, and Wednesday, April 5th from 7 to 8 on MS Teams. So I encourage you to join us. Um, so as I close, let me pray. Uh, Lord, I want to thank you again for 
your wonderful word. We thank you for this community. And Lord, I pray as we go out and live into this community, may we bless and seek wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to, again, remind seniors to come and, and pick up your cookie. Have a great day.